0: Welcome to I Don't Need an Acting Class with Milton Justice.
1: A playwright writes out of his period. He writes out of, I mean, if you want to call it the social circumstance, which we do, but he writes out of he, she, writes out of the period, that well, in this case, Clifford Odets, that he lives in. And and here's the thing that's important. The playwright has something to say. It is a reflection on the time. Odets wrote this play after he'd been out to Hollywood. And what we're trying to do is figure out, so what is his reflection? And my note is he was writing about the moral collapse of the actor and the capitalistic system and that there was a decadence of Western civilization from every point of view. But you know what I mean? It's like things were falling apart. If you look at it historically, which I thoroughly do and completely enjoy, the importance of money after World War II in the 50s was monumental. Everyone in this country wasn't like England. It's totally different. The plays that came out of England in the 50s were like the angry, well, like John Osborne, the angry young men plays. The plays that came out of Europe in the 50s were existential, Waiting for Godot, uh, Jean-Paul Sartre. Do you see? You can tell the difference because Europe was trying to recover. It was existential. It's like there was never there was no hope left and so but in america my god they came home the gi's had money they were trying to there weren't enough houses on long island there's a place called levittown and it's just basically they took all this eight acreage and they bought i don't know they built 1100 homes that looked exactly the same And it was it was just because there was not enough there was too much money and not enough places for people to live. And so money became an issue. So you understand the social circumstance that Mr. Odets was writing out of. Plus, all of these actors were going out to Hollywood. So it, it's, it's like there's all of this kind of, and this is what's happening in America. I, I know you all have no time to read things, but someday if you, there's um, Harold Klurman wrote a book called, <sighs> Fervent Years. Fervent Years, thank you. <sighs> there are a lot of things people have to do for me these days as I get older and older and older, the name of books, the name anyway. But it was all about the group theater and then afterwards what happened in the 50s. And it's, it's just like you just see the decline of it. Not the decline, but, well, it's certainly the beginning of something. You know, when you're suddenly worried about who the star is, well, I mean, now it's the only way you get something on. So it's just a whole other world. Okay, so my other note is the playwright breaks down what is happening in hopes that he will save it and if the playwright doesn't have a happy ending it's because something in america is keeping us from being happy you know the playwright is looking at a circumstance that exists and he is he is trying to explore it so it's these are things that i think are just important to keep in mind. Caleb was overwhelmed because I said, our job is to interpret the play, not play the part. And you have to really think of it that way. You have to really think there is a play that the writer has written. It is about something. And it is our job to interpret it. We do it through a character, but it is our job to make an audience understand what the writer is saying. Otherwise, we'd do a different play at the risk, and I'm not religious at all because I'm in the theater, but in my mind, religion didn't work, uh, but the theater does or can. You see, to me, here's what we're trying to get, Carl. We have an audience sitting and watching a play. Oh, I'll tell you a perfect example. Back in the 70s, I was living on the Upper West Side of New York. And uh, so this is back. I know for some of you, it'll be shocking to know if there was a time we didn't have little cards you put in the side of a bank to get money. You stood in line with a check that you made out to cash and you handed it to the check. And so, you know, and so you stood in line. So at any rate, I developed a relationship with Marilyn, who was the bank manager of the Chase Bank at 70, like, I don't know, 79th, 80th and Broadway. She'd see me in line and she'd, she'd motion me over. And, she'd, and so I'd go over and I'd hand her the check and she'd go around and cash it for me and bring back the cash. So every year at Christmas, I would give her a pair of tickets to a Broadway show. I had a play running in New York at the time. And so I had access to house seats, no matter what the show was. And so, so I gave Marilyn, a pair of tickets to... What's the Harvey Fierstein play, Walker? Song Torch,
0: Torch Song Trilogy. Torch Song Trilogy.
1: To Torch Song Trilogy. Because it was the hottest ticket in New York. It would, it would win a Tony Award. It would win a Pulitzer Prize. And, of course, it's just it was the gayest play in history. Uh, in fact, I hadn't even thought about it when I gave it to her. I, I, but, I mean... He's a drag queen and the first thing, then the second act. But in the third act, uh, he's trying to adopt a child or something. At any rate. So I saw her after Christmas. And I said, so Marilyn, what did you think about the play? And she said, you know, it had never occurred to me. They want the same things we do. Now, what was really interesting about that, Marilyn was the bank manager of the Chase Bank on the Upper West Side of New York, which probably, you know, it's all actors. It's like all gays. I mean, it's like all of that. But she'd never seen, uh, she never got it. But seeing the play, she understood something for the first time, that they wanted the same things we did. So, you know, to me, if we do our jobs, an audience can see something they did not see before. Walker periodically whores me out. And so he sat me up with a group in Ohio or something for a fundraiser. And and of course, I knew the audience. And I, I said, I said to them, I said, yes, I said, you know, if you think of plays like parables and i i said to them do, do any of you know jesus i said well jesus taught in parables none of us remember the rules i mean you know i'll give you ten dollars if you can tell me what the beatitudes are hell i'll give you twenty dollars if you can tell me what all ten commandments are but we know the stories and so that's what plays And so, in an odd sense, that is what plays, that's what we're trying to do. If we can understand who these people are in these circumstances, in this world, then the audience watching it will understand something they didn't understand before. And then we've done our job.
0: Hey everybody, it's Walker Vreeland. I'm the producer of this podcast, I Don't Need an Acting Class, which is conceived and hosted by Milton Justice. Our music is provided by Jeffrey Keezer. You can find this track that you hear in the podcast called Miram on his album Falling Up. Please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. And uh, if you are interested in Milton's script analysis class, the next session begins on March 2nd. And there are a few spots still available. So if you're interested, send me an email, questionsformilton at gmail.com. And of course, we always want to hear from you. If you have questions, comments, uh, you can send all of that stuff to the same email address, questionsformilton at gmail.com. Thank you so much for being here. And we will see you back here next week.